And a good afternoon to you. I'm Al Cresta. We're here in Grand Rapids at Acton University. We'll be here throughout the week. When Americans began staying home at the start of the pandemic, some experts predicted that we'd see another baby boom. The reality has been just the opposite. Americans are actually having fewer babies than ever before. We'll take a look at some of the root causes and the changes that we need to make with Tim Carney. Tim is senior columnist at the Washington Examiner, senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Uh, You may remember a previous conversation I had with Tim over his book, Alienated America, Why Some Places Collapse, Why Some Places Thrive While Others Collapse. He has a forthcoming book on the baby bust, and he's been publishing in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and good to have you. Hey, great to, great to be here in person. Yeah. Well, let's let's begin. So it was thought that America was um, basically replacing itself, I thought. Uh, in 2006, um, we were one of two wealthy countries that was at that level, 2.1 babies per yeah, woman. Yeah. Since then, we've dropped down to about 1.6, which is barely better than Europe. Wow. And uh, worse in some countries in Europe. And it's steadily been going down. A little up and down with uh, COVID, but basically we're back on that same uh, downward trajectory. Tell us why that's so dangerous. Well, for a variety of reasons. Some people will jump immediately to talking Social Security. In my mind, the, the funding of Social Security is just kind of almost a metaphor. Right now, we have fewer children than we did 10 years ago. Like, there's fewer. The number of people under 18 is smaller today in America than it was 10 years ago. So the labor force is, has flattened out, the, or I should say the working age population is starting to flatten out too. 20 years from now, there will be fewer people of working age, yeah. but a lot of retirees. So your retirement savings is not going to do a lot of money when there's nobody to fix your leaky pipe. Yeah. Now that's a sort of materialistic uh, economic explanation. It matters. I, I would go deeper and say that I think it reflects a deeper sadness if we're not having kids. And, that, and that's really where, where I'm going to focus is I think there's a, a cultural and spiritual uh, sadness that we're going through. People fear the future. Um, they they don't think life is fundamentally joyful. They fear the future. They don't think humans are good. <laughs> um, yeah. You really see this. I mean, people will describe uh, a baby as being whatever it is, 52 million tons of carbon dioxide emissions over their life. Um, and uh, they, they, don't, they don't see, they A, think that they're, if they have a baby, they'll be taking them into a doomed world. Yeah. And B, they yeah. think their baby will be part of that dooming. And what does that reflect? That reflects, again, a, a sadness about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So the older narrative about maturing, marrying, building a family, you know, uh, enjoying kids and grandkids... That's not a storyline that people are buying anymore? No. So the first thing is that that goes from being kind of the normal thing to do, with some exceptions, to one of many choices. Now, uh, I'm a Catholic, right? We always have believed that there's some people who aren't supposed to get married and have kids. They're priests. They're nuns. (laughs) Right. right. Uh, The circles I run in, Opus Dei, there's a whole lot of other things. Teachers, accountants are are celibate for life. So it's not that everybody's supposed to do this, (laughs) but it's kind of, it's part of growing up. In the older narrative. Yeah. Now it's like, hmm, do I want to buy a boat? Do I want to live in the city or the suburbs? And do I want to get married and have kids or spend the rest of my life single or married with no children? Yeah. And that, there's a lot of interesting commentary I've read from people who don't share my religious background, who don't share my more conservative politics, who will say, 
once we made having children a choice, it also made it be only the parent's problem. Like if, if you had a boat, Al, and like one day you needed help fixing it, I might help you, but I wouldn't think I had some moral duty yeah. to, to help you take right, care of right. your boat. But with children, we, we kind of, if it's just something everybody does and everybody's children is like, okay, well, we have to help people raise their kids. Yeah. Nowadays, there's more of an attitude, politically left, right, whatever. Have as many kids as you want, fine, but make sure I'm not responsible for it, that I don't hear them in my restaurant, that I don't hear them on my airplane. Yeah. And yeah. so that's really been a, a development. Once having kids became a choice, one of the things it did is it made people think, well, other people's kids are not my problem. Yeah. Uh, just like other people's boats are not my problem. Yeah. Yeah, commodity. Yeah. Um, so who are there portions, are there pe- places in America where this is not happening? Well, the most... Um, you can basically tell, and you mentioned my last book, Alienated America, where I talk about sort of pockets of religious communities. That's Those are the places most immune to this. Okay. So um, Utah is consistently one of the top states uh, in having in babies per woman, basically, because it's one of the top states in religiosity. Right. The Dakotas are, are among them, too. Where I used to, li- I just moved from Maryland to Virginia, and right next door to me was a neighborhood with a ton of families with five, because it was modern Orthodox Jewish. So yeah. everybody has to walk to the synagogue on the Sabbath, yeah. and so, and that that's really a key. That it's not just a religious uh, lesson. It's not just God's first commandment was be fruitful and multiply. It's also a community builds up yeah. in support. Whether you're talking about Latter Day Saints, Utah or Kemp Mill in Maryland with the the synagogues. There are some places, some subcultures, some of the Catholic schools where I send my kids where we are an average family with only six children. Right, right. Yeah, um, we, we have five. Yeah. And the same thing where I live. But in, but in the average Catholic parish, it's not true. In the average right. Catholic parish, they have one point six or 2.0 kids. Yeah. So there are some communities. And that really drives home one of the things I want to make here is that it is cultural. There are communities that really help people raise children. But increasingly, that's not the norm in Europe or the U.S., despite some really aggressive efforts in some places to pump up government spending to support families. Without the community support, I don't think it works. My fourth-born just got married, uh, 30 years old, and um, to a a woman that he actually knew from childhood. (laughs) And and, um, it was beautiful. And I... It was, it was the wedding was great. The build up to it was great. Um, they have a high sacramental view of things. They're full of fun, playful, uh, and you know we're going to have uh, in August. We'll have born twenty one grandchildren. That's great. We I love it and and I enjoy it. And to me, it's self evidently a good thing. And. Um, but where do people see? I mean, it, are there n- movies, novels that are celebrating the family life like this? No, and that and that's right. That um, that, and especially the way I think we talk to kids about education. Like, you are the author of your own life. You get to decide your own understanding of meaning and your own future. You have a ton of pressure because we're gonna you know, make you go to an Ivy League school, so you really have to deliver. Mm-hmm. And part of that definition is going to be career success. So the that combination of besides career success in the abstract, 
you get to write your own script in life, I think that's really daunting. Like, you do have to get a high-paying job, but there's going to be no other cues, no yeah. other organizations in which you play a role. And I just think, A, as a busy dad, I like to have fewer decisions in my life. And as a dad, I found that giving my kids too many decisions yeah. just causes stress. What do you want for breakfast? I'll make you anything. What kind of bread? <laughs> what kind of cheese? No, then everybody, you, you got to have roles. You got to have, you show up. It's like when you volunteer at a, at a parish or a neighborhood event, somebody's in charge and you say, what can I do? And yeah. they say, can you fold up all the folding tables and put them away? <laughs> Having a role in life is really important, both for saving your mentality and for like giving you a sense of purpose. And I think a lot of the young people are not, they don't feel that they, they belong to things. They don't feel they have a role. And they sort of, the only script they see in front of them is career success is, is absolutely the most important thing. Wow. And, um, yeah, and if you're not especially driven, uh, that may not happen. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, is this this problem, uh, Europe has seen it, and how have they, re- how the European nations uh, sub- responded yeah, a lot to of problem? interesting, a lot of uh, European nations have tried to turn it around with mixed success. Um, what a lot of the northern European countries did that had a short-term success was... Um, subsidizing child care. So what that allowed people to do, it allowed dual-income families to... It really looks like it just allowed them to have their child earlier, okay. uh, which is a good thing, but it doesn't seem to have really boosted the birth rate. Um, France is actually at 1.9. It's uh, 1.9 babies per woman, and it's the highest in Europe, and it benefits from on, on that score from two things, massive immigration of religious Muslims who have more babies. Mm -hmm. But more importantly for them is they just give a ton of money, a ton of money to parents, like not a small amount. Like here's a baby bonus, a check when your baby's born, a stay-at-home mom bonus. They call it a uh, uh, paid leave, but it's really just some portion of your salary until your child is three. And then you're also getting a massive child tax credit. And so doing that, they're able to drive up the the birth rate a little. But it's a massive portion of their gross domestic product. Other countries that have tried to be more efficient and spend money here or there uh, have not had had any luck at all. But it's interesting that Europe has agreed it's a problem, while in the U.S., where we're just a couple years behind them... The political class is, and most of the media is not talking as if this baby bust is a problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, could you? Is the difference between the opinion-forming elites in America and mainstream America as great um, as conservatives often think? On, on on one particular issue in this book I'm working on, it's massive. That is, whether it's good to have one parent. St- work full-time unpaid as a parent, a stay-at-home yeah. mom yeah. or dad. Yeah. In the media, that is considered absolutely... And and the president, uh, uh, Biden, will say, oh, well, you know, some women get, get knocked off track, meaning they stay at home with their kids. And the news media will never consider... And I've, I will read a news article about a study. Oh, well, subsidized daycare is really what works, help parents. And then I read the study, and it says, actually... Just a big check from the government works, and in part because it enables mom to stay at home. So the bias against stay-at-home moms 
is so profound mm-hmm. in the news media and in our political class that they won't even mention it. It's, wow. it's like mentioning a, a bad word or some evil ideology yeah. for them. Yeah. So that is just a gap because I think about half of all Americans agree that almost all Americans would agree if a mom wants to stay at home, that's great. Yeah, sure. And about half of them, I think, would say it's actually good for kids and for community if mm-hmm. one parent can stay at home. Yeah. And I think about 0% of the news media outside of myself say and that. a few other Catholics would yeah, say that. Yeah. That's very frustrating to hear. Now tell me, when's the book coming out? So uh, we're looking at sometime early next year. All so. right. Well, I'll have you back then, too. Great. All right. Tim, thanks so much for Thank being you. with me. Tim Carney joining us here at Acton University, senior columnist at the Washington Examiner and a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. He's speaking on America's coming baby bust. I'm Al Cresto.